Welcome to North Boston Korean United Methodist Church. Here we are a family that seeks to love others the way Jesus loves us and raise people up in his love. We're grateful to have you listen in. Regardless of who you are, you are always welcome here. For more information, check out our website at mbkumc.com. Happy Sunday. Um, what is this? This is the second week of April. It's ridiculous. We have done, we have done two Lentens, two Easter's. It's fine. It's fine. It's the week after Easter. Uh, just a, I know this is this PSA ain't got nothing to do with what we're reading, but uh, vaccines are opening up for everybody. Um, I just want to publicly say that our church is completely fine with vaccines. We do not think that it is unfaithful to get vaccinated. Uh, I believe that God has given us tools and resources through his people, through people that he loves. He has ordained things so that we can be safe and well, and so that the, uh, the members of our community can be safe and well. So please, please do not have, if, if any of you who are watching via YouTube or Zoom or listening through the podcast, are having or have have heard like moments of wrestling with this like please do not hesitate do not hesitate to um talk to somebody because it's okay it's okay to get vaccinated okay it's okay to get vaccinated um i paused our romans uh series for easter sunday service um because i truly believe that that was what the lord wanted but we are going to finish up. Um, I know it's, we have done some crazy long sermon series. Um, and this sermon series on Romans is about to end. So, so we're, if you guys can open up your Bibles with me on your phones, on your Bibles, whatever it may be, if you guys are using your computers, if you guys can open up your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 15. We're going to read the first half of Romans chapter 15 because I, I do believe that the rest of Romans 15 and 16 has great ties to what Paul is exhorting the congregation to do in the beginning of Romans 15. So we're going to we're going to read a little bit of this. I'm a little frazzled right now, so if I stutter a lot today, please forgive me. It's been a rough morning. Um Romans 15, we're going to read from verses 1, 1 through, hmm, 14, not 13, we're going to read it through 14, Romans 15, verses 1 through 14, Romans, I believe, is after the book of Acts, before the book of 1 Corinthians, okay? We're not gathered together and not rising, but as a corporate body, uh, I pray that we can pay attention and be intentional about listening into the word of God now more than ever. This is the word of the Lord. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement 
grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in praying? Abba, pray for this service. Abba, I pray that you would be at the center of this service. Holy Spirit, when we are weak, you are strong. When we struggle, you carry us. When we cannot hold up our own weight anymore, you sling us over your shoulder, pick us up. You take our footsteps for us. Abba, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil, for you are with us. Abba, I take this moment right now and as a representative of our body to say, Father, we want to trust in you. We want to trust that you are with us. We want to trust that you are enough. So Jesus, would you be with each and every person right now? Would you guide each and every person to be able to hear you, to be able to follow you? Abba, I am nothing without you. And Lord, you know, you know my heart this morning. Abba, I pray that you would be with me. I pray that you would be with me to be able to do everything that you have called me to do right now that this would be your sermon and not another person's. So hide me behind your cross, that only you are magnified and glorified. We lift the service into your hands. Abba, I just wanna pray for every single person who is listening to this prayer right now. Father God, that any distractions, any spirit of division, any spirit of insecurity, any lies that people might have come into agreement with, any distractions that are filling the minds of people, especially when hearing this prayer, when sitting in service, any people who are tempted to look away from your word right now, God, that you would bring your spirit over every single person. We pray, Father God, for clarity and focus in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, for the tangible manifestation of your spirit 
in every room, that your presence would fill it and that we would be aware of your spirit in the room. Abba, we are on all different parts of our walks. Some of us are further along in our walks and some of us are not so far along. Abba, be with us. You love us just the same. We give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Um, today, today, the sermon title is For Better or Worse, For Better or Worse, For God's Glory, For Better or Worse, comma, For God's Glory, For Better or Worse, comma, for God's glory. The main idea, for those of you guys who are writing down, unity is the centerpiece of the body for better or worse. Unity is the centerpiece of the body for better or worse so that we can praise God. I'm going to say that one more time. Unity is the centerpiece of the body for better or worse so that we can praise God. Okay, this sermon is extremely pragmatic and practical. I believe that I needed to hear it today. I believe that some people in this room need to hear it today. And I really think that this sermon actualized in our community will make a huge difference in the way that our community engages today. I mean, I know that y'all know, I don't know about y'all, actually, I don't know about y'all. I don't know where you guys are at and what you guys are thinking, but I think that what we have in North Boston is really special. I haven't seen it in New York. I haven't seen it anywhere else. Although I have seen it briefly, I mean, in my, in my campus community during that particular time, I have not seen, we've quietly just sat around, as not sat around, but I have quietly been leading and watching. And I will say, I think that God's anointing over this church is special. Um, and I think that that's very evident in the way that we are family. What some of us in the, in the community might feel like they have a hard time with that. Uh, maybe some of you guys who are listening right now feel like you are a forgettable member that nobody will notice whether or not you are there. I want to exhort you and challenge you with the fact that your presence is special, that you are not forgotten, that you are not lost, that you are accepted just as you are in every season of your walk, in every season of your walk with the Lord. Whether or not you feel far or close to him, you are important to this body. And I will say that this body is a special one, so hold on to it. Don't, don't think about leaving it unless God calls you elsewhere. And I, and I say that to you as somebody who might be here today, gone tomorrow. I'm not trying to like trigger anybody and saying I'm leaving. But I'm not saying that as somebody, as the pastor of this church, with a sense of possessiveness. But I'm saying it almost objectively as a, as a minister that has served in multiple congregations. Let me tell you, okay? This community, if you are here at this particular point in time, 
hold on to it. And we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about what that means to hold on to it because I believe that Romans 15 leads to this for a reason. If you know Romans Romans is about Romans is about gospel-driven transformation. Romans is about first it's about grace through faith, then it's about your sins, y'all sins, my sins, our sins, the human condition. And then it talks about how nothing on heaven and on earth can separate us from the love of God. It talks about how we are sons, we are heirs with Christ. And then it goes into the renewal of our minds and the transformation that we go through as believers. Only to get to what? Unity in the body of Christ. And so we're going to unpack a little bit of what this unity is talking about. The first thing that Apostle Paul talks about is the strong bearing with the failings of the weak. It's the similar language that is not, I don't, I don't want to say it's similar language, but it does, it does, it is reminiscent of Galatians 6:2. I quote it all the time. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That is literally the entire verse. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6, 2. It's a very similar language there. It says the strong, and strong, bear with the failings of the weak. The word bear is there. Bear with the failings of the weak. Who is strong and who is weak? We talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago. When people are spiritually strong, they have freedom with Christ. They won't think that God will judge them for their actions. The spiritually weak are people that seek to live out the gospel with their lives because they feel like God's grace is not good enough for them. So they have to live out holiness to be Christian. I don't know where anybody in this community is at. I don't, I don't know. But spiritually strong. And there's also... This is just a particular, I will say this, disclaimer. Just because you are living out a life that is holy doesn't mean that you are spiritually weak. Um, the uh, nuance is whether or not you are ascribing that to your worth in God and also your closeness in relationship to God. So if you feel like you are living out this life of utter holiness and therefore you are closer to God than your peers, that would be a, sanct- a, sh- a sign of spiritual weakness. There has to come a sense of freedom That no matter what you do, God loves you. And that is your motivation for living out the Christian walk. That is what it means to be spiritually strong. When you have that security in God's love for you. So on the other hand, if y'all are wilding out, that doesn't make you spiritually strong. If you do not have security in God's love for you, if you are not seeking the Lord, if you are not quick to repent quick and not repent of like, oh yes, my sins, I am bad, but like quick to run back to the Lord and say, God, I messed up when you do. And when you mess up, you are able to say, thank you, Jesus, that you love me. When there is that struggle and wrestling with conformity to the world, when you are actually wrestling with it, when you are actually living it out, living out that wrestling, even if you fall over time and time again, that is still a sign of spiritual strength. 
because we have freedom in Christ Jesus. So I just want to clarify this strong versus weak terminology because that's specific for the Romans, but it ain't specific for us, okay? So there is this language of strong bearing with the failings of the weak. We're reminiscent of, of Galatians 6.2. And what is this language? What is the language that is being applied into this passage? It's neighbor language. I don't know why I just thought of that. I did not think of this when I was sermon prepping. But our beloved one, our beloved one, <laughs> Grace, our beloved one, she likes to like really, really love on. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, one of our congregation members, Grace, right, the ray of sunshine, she lives a couple of houses down from uh, some other of our congregation members, which is uh, Tim and Monica Yim. So the Ans live very close to, so Tim and Grace On live very close to uh, Monica and Tim. And Grace shows Tim a lot of love. Grace shows Tim and Monica a lot of love. It's a special bond. I've never seen so remarkable uh, because they are neighbors. I have coming from New York, Coming from New York, we I live near I I always have lived near so many people that there might not have been a lot of significance in being neighbors because you know if you live in an apartment building you are living with twenty six people on one floor and then there are seven floors and then there are you know apartments next to that so you're like all right you know but I think Grace in particular she just has a lot of love you know every opportunity to love if you know her you'll know Grace will take that opportunity to love you uh, whether or not you were ready for it she will love on you and one of the ways that her love is special and it shows is that neighbor language that she has he's my neighbor right um that is actually biblical uh <laughs> I know I know I it is special I think that says a lot that says a lot. You got to hear that encouragement, Grace. That says a lot about you. God has built your heart to be Christ-like in the love factor. Um, but neighbor language is actually the language that is being used here when, when God exhorts us, when God encourages us to love our neighbor. I will never, I will actually never hear that statement the same way anymore. I just realized it's like a commandment from God to love your neighbor as yourself. She's sitting right here right now. She does all the recordings for the podcast. Shameless plug, listen to the podcast. That's what she's on. Um, but yes, love your neighbor as yourself. I'll never hear that commandment the same way again. But that is the language that is being employed, used here uh, to explain how the strong in spirit a.k.a. the ones who are more secure in God's love, need to bear with the failings of the weak. Now, I want you guys to think about this for a second. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens, which means when somebody is sharing, when somebody is going through something, right? When somebody is struggling with something, we bear with one another. And that in and of itself, the act of bearing one another's weaknesses, struggles, pains, that is living out the law of Christ. Christ is the type of person that sums up the Ten Commandments in love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself, right? That is the greatest commandment, right? And that is how, that is how Paul is also applying all of this. But there's something specific 
because you know we bear one another's burdens all the time some of us have an easier time with that some of us have a harder time with that right but we ought we might find that we bear one another's burdens all the time right however this passage specifies that the strong in spirit, AKA the ones who are more secure in God's love for them, needs to bear with the ways that the ones that are weaker in their walk fail. When you first read this passage, it sounds like Apostle Paul is saying, be at peace with everybody, be a unity, be of one mind. And it makes, it almost sounds like this idealistic society, right? Where everybody does not fight, where everybody is chill. I once had a, a group of, I once had a friend that cried the first time I snapped at her. And I was like, why, why, why? I think it was like something very true. I was like, yo, why are you talking about this like that? And then she started to cry and I was like, yo, why are you crying, right? I think it was an underclassman or something. I remember I just kind of like was saying my mom, I was like, hey, stop that. And then she was like, Ugh. she started to cry. And I remember, cause I was, I think I was praising leader. I pulled her into the room and I was like, hey, cause you know, she started crying in front of the whole priestess. I was like, okay, like let's go here for a second. And as soon as I was in the room, I was like, why are you crying? All I, I just told you to stop. And she was like, I, I don't, I don't like when we, I don't, I, I get afraid when, when I fight with my friends or I get afraid when I fight with people. It's like, why? And she's like, I, I don't know if they'll love me anymore. This chapter, Apostle Paul is actually being more real than y'all think because this chapter shows us the ways that we deal with these conflicts. I remember I told her that day said to her, I was like, hey, just cause I tell you to stop doesn't mean I don't love you. Why is fighting bad? So long as it's in the spirit of unity, so long as I still love you, so long as my primary objective is to reconcile with you, there's no, there's nothing wrong with sometimes having conflict with your friends. That is how you grow together. That is how you learn not to step on each other's toes. That is how you learn not to hurt each other's feelings. You can't just avoid conflict. Avoiding conflict is not what it means to keep the peace. Avoiding conflict is just avoiding. You're not really keeping no peace. You're just keeping some false sense of security. That's all, that's all you're actually keeping, right? And Apostle Paul knocks that out of the park in this first verse because he says, he uses neighbor language to employ in these first couple of verses where he says, uh, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up for Christ. Do not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and in, through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Apostle Paul is not just talking about unity in the body of Christ in this happy-go-lucky way. He uses, he just straight up out the, like just up front, he says, we who are strong in the spirit, we who are secure and free in the spirit ought to bear with the failings of the weak. 
and he uses neighbor language to make a connection to love your neighbor as yourself, the greatest commandment. And then he says, when you act in this way, you are walking in the footsteps of Christ who did not please himself. So off the bat, Apostle Paul is showing us that what it means to be in unity is not this false sense of peace. It's not like to be to have all things in common. Some of us, we only like to make friends based off of our interests. We only like to make friends based off of our, maybe who we can talk to. But not all members, I don't know if y'all agree with this, but some of the people that I bump with the most are my family. They piss me off sometimes. I love them, but because we are so similar, Sometimes they are the person that we will fight the most with. Does that mean that we love them less? No. So why would you assume now that in the church, the only way to be at peace and unity is to never fight? Apostle Paul is showing us a very clear picture of what it means to be in unity. And he is saying, if you are strong, if you are more secure in your love of God, if you are more secure in the freedom that God has given you in Christ Jesus, if you have a greater sense of stability in the fact that, yes, I do believe that this is true, even if you might not have had like an encounter the same way I have, that's fine, we are all different, right? It, you don't have to have a faith like Jane those to be saved, right? But if you are secure, somewhat secure in the faith that God his grace is upon you. You who are living in that freedom need to learn to bear with when the spiritually weak fail. That is one of the most important aspects of the body of Christ. If you notice something about church, people fight all the time. The Korean church of New England splits all the time. People have a really hard time seeing each other after trust is broken and conflict happens. But Apostle Paul gives this very clear example of what it means to be in unity. He's clearly addressing that there's a difference in faith. And that's not because God loves one person more and loves another person less. It's just a matter of whether or not you believe that God loves you, right? There, God is clearly addressing that there's a spectrum. And he is saying, hey, if you're higher up on that spectrum, your primary instinct needs, to, needs not to be to serve, needs not to be to be glorified, needs not to be to be acknowledged for your faith, but it is to bear with the failings of the weak. Keep in mind, church, that we are first a community in Christ. Before we are, before we are anything else, we are God's child and we are a member of the body. This family, while it might not be as tight as your biological families, as your friend groups, this is the one family that is eternal. My relationship with you today is going to be the same as my relationship with you in the kingdom of God. Your relationships with your family will change. You know why? Because when you're up in heaven, you ain't family no more. You are brothers and sisters in Christ. Your relationship with your friends will change. You know why? Because when you get to heaven, you will be brothers and sisters in Christ. But one relationship, that by nature doesn't change are the ways that our bonds are forged within the body. And Apostle Paul addresses that the motivation for why we believe in God together, 
the motivation for why we stay in unity, the motivation for why we are in the church is addressed here, okay? The motivation for why we are in the church is to please God, is to praise God. When everyone seeks the good of others and the church as a whole, disagreements can strengthen rather than weaken the community. Okay, that's a lot. I realize that that's a lot. It's just like three verses, but that's a lot. So the first thing is, yo, if you are stronger in your faith and somebody who is weaker in the faith pisses you off, you got to bear with it. Live it out. Live out that strength you have in Christ. Our faith is tested when thong hits the fan. That is when our faith is tested, especially relationally. And then the second thing is, right, we are following in the footsteps of Christ and the relationships that we have in this community. Christ, who did not please himself. Paul quotes scripture. He says, those who reproached you, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And then he addresses the fact that we ought to be looking out for one another. In this world, you need to be looking out for yourself, right? That's what this world tells you, right? Ain't nobody going to be able to handle your bills. Ain't nobody going to be able to handle your family. Ain't nobody going to be able to handle your future but yourself. Except in the body. In the body. There is no space for consumerism. You are not here to get what you want out of church. In the body, there is no space. For an overflow of pride. But when you are able to do, when we are able to do this, guys. When we are able to be a loving neighbor, when we are able to be strong, when those of us who are strong are able to live out the gospel that we, we need to, which is not to be glorified, to be, but to serve. And not just serving in a place of glory, but serving relationally. That is when disagreements can strengthen rather weaken the community. All throughout, I'm just going to give a spoiler alert right now because Apostle Paul clearly, he does not play no games. And so we are literally starting the first three verses like this. There is literally, literally, not even a, a verse for context. It is li he literally is playing no games, right? And so I'm just going to give you guys a spoiler alert. What Apostle Paul is addressing in, in Romans 15 is the difference between when a community is focused on God, when the motivations for unity is on God rather than on ourselves or even one another. I'm going to say that one more time. Apostle Paul is addressing the differences between when a community is their focus, their foundation is, is rooted in God, praising God, giving glory to God, rather than serving themselves or even one another. 
So Apostle Paul is addressing the fundamental necessity in the body to have their motivations in fellowship, in play, in non-play, in worship, and everything in between to be focused on God and not on ourselves or even the other person, God. I'll, I'll, I'll actually make that distinction in a little bit. I want to, I, I don't know if any of y'all have talked to me about y'all's relationships yet. And this ain't no dating seminar, so I ain't going into nothing in particular, all right? Um, but I, if for those of us who have asked me about conflict in a relationship, any level of relationship, I will always say this. Dig deep into yourself and ask yourself, is it worth it? Ask yourself, is my pride right now, my harsh words that cut into another person's heart, is it worth it? Is it a line or is it not a line? Is this a non-negotiable or is it a negotiable? Am I being prideful for the sake of being prideful? Or is this a fight that is worth fighting? I always tell, I always say to do, ask, do two things, to ask yourself, is this worth it? Is this worth fighting over? And the second thing is, what do I really want? Is it that I want to break up with this person? Is it that I want my marriage to not be well? Is it because I don't, is it because, like, what do I really want? Do I want, do I want my kid to like talking to me? Do I want there to be a rift between my husband or my wife and I? Do I want a problem between me and this friend? What do I really want? And if we dig deep enough, you might find that what you really want is actually resolution. Right? You might actually find that what you want is to be okay with this person again. And my advice is always, not because I, like, look, I'm, I'm young, I have not been married before, but I have, I have suffered from broken marriages, have had the most broken family, familial relationships. Um, so I'm not, I'm no expert, but those are just two key pieces of wisdom that I've learned um, along, along the way, dealing with the most extreme situations you can imagine. Always ask yourself, right, these two things, and let your actual physical actions be dictated by those two things. What is it that you really want? And is this worth it? Is this worth the fight? Right. Apostle Paul is dealing with those root things here. He's saying to those who are strong, hey, when those people who are spiritually unable to separate faith from works judge you for what you are eating and what you are drinking, Bear it, not because you mean less to God, not because they're right, but because Jesus loves y'all both. Apostle Paul is saying, hey, when somebody who is stronger in the spirit and weaker in the spirit have conflict, those of us who are stronger in the spirit, bear it. Not because God doesn't hear you, not because God doesn't see you, not because God doesn't love you, but because we follow Christ. 
We trust that God has us. We trust that God sees us. It's okay to take an L for the people that we love sometimes if that is following in the footsteps of Christ. And not for the sake, because some of us, we're like, oh yeah, we're going to fall in the footsteps of Christ and then we get bitter in the end. It's like, oh, I swallowed all these things and I didn't acknowledge, I, I listened to this person, I heard this person, I put this person's interests above myself every single time and now I'm bitter. I think if that's you, you probably are dealing with hurts. Man, this is going to sound like a relational seminar at some point, but that probably means that you're hurting. That would be a different situation, okay? If you are hurting, then you need healing. Don't try to, when you're wounded, don't try to act like you're strong. God doesn't need you to be God. If you are hurting, heal. I'm going to throw out a bunch of what ifs. Okay? What if some fights are really bad? There are a few that are bad. If there is a fight that happens that is bad, some deep drama, or I don't know, some big breakup, or a divorce, or something like that, right? While I am not going to get into whether or not divorce is biblical, I'm not having this conversation right now. And if y'all come up to me and have this, try to have this conversation with me, I will tell you, come back to me in five years. So I'm just not having this conversation with you. You and I, we don't need the answer right now because it does not jeopardize our faith. It does not jeopardize whether or not you have faith. So you don't need this as an opportunity to judge another person, okay? Just, if it doesn't, if it isn't, re if it isn't relevant to your walk with God, put it on a shelf, okay? So I'm not getting into the biblical basis of, I'm not, I'm just not going there, okay? But what if some fights are really bad? What if the spiritually weak is really harming the spiritually strong? What if there's an abusive marriage? An abusive friendship? Abusive relationships in the family? There are going to be a few that will be that way. Scripture does have a tool to deal with conflict resolution within the body of Christ. I'm going to read these couple of verses fully aware. I'm going to read this couple, these couple of verses with the awareness that that doesn't fit every single example that I just gave of a fight that is too strong. But I'm just going to read this out for you guys so you guys have it. This is Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. A lot of you guys have read this already. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, or if they listen to you, you have, not, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence or two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. What this is talking about is it's just going through, this is Christ, this is the words of Christ, okay, because it's in Matthew. What Christ is addressing here is that sometimes fights are bad. Sometimes a slap on the wrist and a bearing of the failing is not going to, it's not going to cut it. Sometimes trauma is involved. 
Sometimes there's deep amounts of hurt that need to be addressed inside and outside of the body of Christ. And there are ways to deal with those things. So I am not telling you, I will never, ever, as a female pastor, ever encourage, especially girls, mothers, I mean fathers and sons, I know y'all sacrifice too, but because women grow up being told that they need to submit under every male and they need to be silent and quiet and they learn scripture in the wrong way and they have these men mentals within themselves, I will never tell you to swallow your pain and your trauma just for the sake of bearing with the failing. That is not what I'm saying, whatever, whatsoever. God does not need you to be crucified. Mothers, God does not need you to be crucified for the sake of your children and your husband. God never asked for you to have to bleed out. Never, okay? So don't, don't misunderstand this. I am not telling people who are already servants to be even greater servants. That is not what I'm saying, okay? There are some fights, there are some pains, there are some conflicts that need addressing. Also, in relationships, there are non-negotiables. I have a couple of deal breakers, okay? In, my, in, in every relationship I have as a single woman who has fought every muscle, every pain in my life, every hurdle, as an Asian American woman that was born poor, every si and, and, and with a single parent, right? Every single, every single hurdle that I have beat through to get to here, I have a couple of deal breakers. My deal breakers are my calling with the Lord and my family. Those are deal breakers across the board, romantically, friendship wise. Those are, those are very low lines, okay? Those are very low lines, right? But if you harm my family, you will see a different side of me that day. I will come to a point where I will forgive you because that is always the call. I will come to a point where I will reconcile with you, but if you physically harm my family, I will probably not be well, okay? If you undermine my, if, if my significant other ever undermines my calling, that's a line for me because God saved my life. I have everything in Christ. So if somebody questions that or gets in between that, that's a line for me. If someone can't respect my walk and my calling, that's a line for me, right? There are certain lines. I am not saying just because you are spiritually strong that you automatically have to bear with every single failing. You can have lines. However, the core needs to not be forgotten. Whether or not you are bitter, whether or not you are hurting, whether or not you have been abandoned, whether or not you are struggling, you must remember that our goal is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. On one end, healing is necessary. Those lines are necessary, but on the other end, you cannot get so caught up in your healing and your own self that you victimize yourself and therefore abandon the call to follow God. The tension needs to still be there, okay? Brothers and sisters, church, the tension needs to be there.
That's right. I'm speaking to all y'all Enneagram 2s, okay? Don't bend over backward. God is not telling you to crucify yourself on the altar, okay? But the tension needs to be there. All right? The tension needs to be there. Jane, what if a fight doesn't resolve properly? God gives us a process of how to deal with conflict for a reason. If the other person, if your heart is willing, let's say that there is a situation that is completely within the bounds of this passage, right? It's a bearing of the failing of the weak, right? Let's say, right? A bearing of the failing of the weak. And there are boundaries, and it's within that boundary, and you are trying to reconcile with somebody that you might not you might have come into conflict with, maybe there's judgment, maybe there was drama, maybe people were talking and there was slandering, and that's not, slandering is never good. Slandering is harmful on a secular level and it is deeply harmful on a spiritual level, okay? Don't, try not to give in to every single impulse that you have to slander a person, okay? It's not good for your spirit, it's not good for them, it's not good for anybody, okay? But, Let's say it's just within the boundaries of that, within the boundaries of conflict resolution within the church. And you're trying to resolve this with somebody and they ain't willing. Let it go. Take the appropriate process. It clearly states here. Go and tell him. Go and talk to him. Go and talk to him or her. If he doesn't listen to you, bring a couple others. This also can apply within the family. I think. I think so. Um, take a couple of others along with you that a charge, every charge can be established. If he refuses to listen to it, maybe not tell it to the church. You don't need to go do that. We don't need to air a dirty laundry. <laughs> okay. Um, not, not, I mean, within the family, I'm saying within the family, but within the body of Christ. Okay. Tell it to the church. Doesn't mean tell every single person. Like there's a word in, there's a phrase in Korean. No, not that. Right. Not that. I'm not saying to tell it, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, right? But you can go tell your leaders. Go tell it to the, go tell your leadership, okay? And if the leadership and you sit down and have an intervention and that person still cannot listen, it's okay to let it go. As long as you are not burning that bridge in your home. This is something that I had to swallow. It is a bitter pill that I've had to swallow and it is that God does not burn any bridges. So it is not in our best interest to burn any either. Okay? And then the rest of this chapter, that was a lot. That was a lot. A lot, a lot. Sorry. The rest of this chapter goes into more practicality of what it means to be in unity and what it means to have that spirit of unity. And I think this is really important. So how do we do this? Number one, we accept one another for the sake of praising God. We accept one another for the sake of praising God. That means that person is different from you, you accept them. Who are you to refuse them? Who are you to refuse them, right? There is no good reason to refuse anybody.
But it's not that we accept one another for no reason. It's not that we accept one another because we like them. Although I do like all of y'all. I am not accepting all of y'all just because I like y'all, but it's for the sake of praising God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's for the sake of praising God. The second thing is to trust the Lord in this relationship, okay? Sometimes you are going to run into conflict with people that you love. The greater it is that you are maybe deeper friends, like when you become greater friends with somebody, the more you'll see their flaws, right? The more you'll see their flaws. And sometimes your friends will do you dirty. Sometimes friends, best friends, children, family, siblings, people can do you dirty. And you might feel like people have done you dirty. It might happen, right? Trust the Lord in that relationship. We cannot be so focused on unity that we lose sight of justification by faith. It's because God has overcome our estrangement, estrangement with him that we can love one another. We cannot be so focused on our relationships that we lose sight of our faith. In this body, the reason why we are all together is because of God. Everywhere else, you are there next to one another because y'all are in the same major. Or maybe y'all are next to each other because y'all grew up together. Or maybe y'all are next to each other because y'all like the same hobby or sport or whatever the heck, right? I don't know why you have friends, okay? I don't know how you make friends. But let me tell you something. Here, your friendships exceed the boundaries of yourselves. They go past the boundaries of yourselves. You need to be able to trust the Lord is in this relationship and accept one another. So that means accepting one another openly means to, you know, for me, I'm a big hugger. If that has made you uncomfortable, I apologize. I'm just a big hugger, all right? I grew up around, I grew up in the black, black community and I was smothered by, <laughs> I grew, do you really? I was smothered, <laughs> I was smothered. <laughs> I was smothered by the church mamas, right? Growing up, okay? <laughs> I was smothered by the <laughs> church moms. And so sometimes, right, sometimes, Physical touch is one way that we might accept one another. <laughs> Whew. Sorry. Sometimes that'll be a way that we accept one another, right? It's okay, Christian, I accept you. Uh, <laughs> sometimes we accept one another, okay? We accept one another openly. That might be an encouragement. That might be a show of affection or love. But here... Our, our outward acceptance of one another is because of God. It's not because you like what you see. Although I do like what I see, okay? I'm not saying I don't like what I see, all right? But here, the goal and the foundation is God. Similarly, when dong hits the fan in relationships and better gets from, 
bad better gets from worse to you know it's all going down from here right it's just a nearly like nearly right angle plummet nosedive down to the ground trust that god is in that relationship we need to remember to follow god and not people right christian <laughs> we need to remember to follow god and not people the last thing is encourage one another sometimes the reason for why love gets misunderstood especially in family relationships romantic relationships deep friendships when was the last time you told your best friend that you love them and you honor them when was the last time you told your sibling your parent that you honor them that you appreciate them that you love them encouraging one another is a genuine language of love and we do that I know y'all, some of y'all are like, ah, that's mad cringe, mad, mad cringe. Will I go there? Will I really go there? Can I really go there? Jane, I know you're saying this, but can I really do it? You gotta. I, I, I am also, I am also one of those people, if you cannot tell, okay, while I am a big lover, I also do not do that very well, okay? We need to remember to encourage one another. We need to remember to honor and acknowledge God and each other. The ways that God has shifted us, the ways that God has changed us. We need to be able to pray for one another. We need to be able to celebrate each other. We need to be able to ask for prayer. Sometimes the people that you are the least vulnerable with are the people you see every day. You need to be able to ask for prayer. I ain't talking about just spilling and just unloading and word vomiting. Because at the same time, your loved ones, they're not your therapists. And sometimes they might not be able to handle just an unloading. There is a healthy, constructive, edifying way to communicate what we are going through so we can ask for prayer. Ask, ask to have that space where we can share so that the other person is prepared to hear. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Celebrate each other. Sometimes when my best friend does really well, I'm like, ah, papa, right? Man, this girl is moving forward, but what about me, right? It's easy to get that kind of feeling. However, learn to celebrate each other. Learn to celebrate what God is doing in that person. My friend had an Instagram live and she said, oh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. She said, I can celebrate the, the, the successes of my sisters because if God is coming for her, that means he's in the neighborhood. Somewhere down the line, you're going to stop by my house too. So I can celebrate her successes because God's in the neighborhood. He's making his rounds, right? Trust God. Trust his love for you. Trust that he is in this relationship. Encourage one another. Accept one another. Pray for one another. Be willing to celebrate each other. Honor each other. Servants. Be willing to honor other servants. It is not a competition. This also means trusting God on this level might also mean that you need to take risks to press into this community too, even when it feels rough. Even when it feels too rough to do it, some of you guys might feel more insecure about this community than others. Maybe some of you guys have these assumptions about what this community is and what this community thinks about you. 
more often than not, I have found that everybody's too busy living their own lives to actually have genuine opinions and keep them about you. To have a community is not to worry about what this community thinks of me, but it's to be able to press in and live lives as imperfect, broken people. You don't gotta worry about what the person next to you and what the person behind you is thinking about you because you trust in God. Do you see what I'm talking about? When you have security and trusting in God, that he loves you, that he defines you, all of a sudden, all of these things, they become fringe. They won't press it, they won't affect your identity no more. So even when you struggle with belonging, sometimes trusting God in the midst of the relationships in this family means to take those risks and press into that community. Even when you feel vulnerable, and if you are having a hard time right now, be covered in prayer. Let yourself be covered in prayer by your leaders, by your sisters, by your brothers. Let yourself be covered in prayer, okay? My relationship with my mom has not always been easy. And at some point in the earlier half of my life, she was my abuser. During my teenage years, she was my enemy. And now she is my best friend. I have been through the mud with my mom. Okay. One thing I honor her for to this day is how she trusted in God that we would work out. Even when she has made irreparable mistakes, even when I have done irreparable things, she trusted in God that it would work out. In this situation, Paul clearly states, he says, I don't know if I'll be able to make it back to y'all. He says, I would love to be with y'all in Rome. But I don't know if I can make it back to you guys but I trust that God is with you. I trust that God is with you. My love extends to you even when I'm far away in prayer. Paul is able to let go of even the people he loves and seek God because God is the answer, not the person. There might be situations in your life where God asks you to take a risk and leave the community that you love as well, to go somewhere else, right? Or to do whatever he has called you to do. Don't be afraid. Community is not something that is tied by proximity. Community is tied by the blood of God. When you trust in the Lord, when you trust in the Lord, it changes your life. And you can trust in God to be with you even in situations where you feel alone. Even in situations where you feel like the people that you love have left you, you can trust in God because God's love has not forsaken you. Even when you feel alone, even when you feel unsupported because the people that you love has left you, remember that God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. Your weaknesses, he's got you covered. You feel vulnerable right now? You feel like you don't really know nobody right now? You don't feel supported right now? God's got you. You feel like people have moved on without you? God's got you. You feel like you're not really plugged into the community? God's got you. Trust in God in the with the relationships in this community because the bottom line is the root of this community is the blood of Jesus Christ. And last time I checked, that's not something you can wash off. Not with your sins, not with your failings, not with your weaknesses. And if those are the relationships that you are willing to build, whether or not don't hit the fan, whether or not you guys come into problems, nothing will stop God's love from entering that situation. I have seen a lot of reconciliation in my day. The most like legit, like 
one of my closest sisters right now, we, we had beef for three years in college. Actually, three and a half years in college. And then the last six months, we reconciled. And now she is one of my closest sisters back home. It ha I'm telling you, when relationships are forged in the blood of God, anything is possible. And chances are, if you are right now at a point where you have unforgiveness for somebody, and if you have bitterness for somebody, chances are you don't know that person well enough. Give that person a chance. You don't know what that person cries about at night. You don't know what their fears and anxieties are. Give that person a chance. Why? Because God gave you one. Receive prayer. Reach out if you need it. Accept and encourage one another. I know I, I, I can be savage when I joke around with John. Don't follow my example. I can be real savage. I won't say some of the things I'm itching to say. I won't say it. But that's all in good fun. I will never forget to honor him. I think he is one of the most, he's going to be one of the most wonderful pastors I know. He already is. St. John's is lucky to have him. Okay? Don't forget to honor the people you love. Honor what God is doing in their lives. Celebrate that. And don't hang your entire identity on your friendships, okay? Don't hang all of your worth and all of your value into who loves you. What if that person goes away? But God doesn't leave you or forsake you. His love never fails no matter what you've done. No matter what you will do, God will never leave you. Trust God in the relationships that you have built here at North Boston. And that might look different for all of y'all. Some of y'all, it might mean to finally trust what he says, finally receive the love that you have been given. For some of y'all, it might mean taking a step of faith, taking that risk to, you know, enter into relationships that you might have been pushing out. For some of y'all, it might mean to start to actually press into the word of God and really ask yourself, what does it mean that God loves me? For some of y'all, it might mean to finally start forgiving somebody that you've had a hard time forgiving. For some of y'all, it might mean to finally take steps in reconciling with people that you have not reconciled with for years. I don't know what it is that you need to do to live out the love of God in this body. Because I am not God. And I need to do that too in North Boston. Some people might need to do that at me. That's fine. We are in this together because the blood of Christ covers everything. Nothing is worth splitting up the church. We follow in the example of Christ. Last time I checked, Christ did not put us here to please ourselves. Nothing is worth losing our brothers and sisters even if they piss us off, even if they get annoying, nothing is worth losing them. Ask yourself, what is really important here? And don't just be caught up in this family for the sake of having it. Love others to praise God. Love others and give glory to him. Love others and thank him. Jesus, thank you that I have this support system. Jesus, thank you that you love me and that you are constantly loving me through these people. And Jesus, even when I can't see these people every day, I know you love me still. 
check your heart. I'll end with this question. Jane, what do I do if I trust God? If I don't trust God, but I do want to be accepted in North Boston? I would say check your heart. Because you run the risk of idolatry at that point. If you want the little, if you want the gift that the person is giving you, but you don't trust the person, that probably means that you love the gift more than the person, don't you think? You run the risk of idolatry when you overemphasize community as well. Remember, God is ruler and he loves you and he died for you. Nothing is gonna change that. It's done. Tetelestai, it is finished for good, okay? But you run the risk of idolatry, so check your heart. Make sure you're honoring God. Love one another, accept one another, celebrate one another, pray for one another. I don't know what called out to y'all during this sermon today, but let's take this moment to pray. Are there any relationships in your life that need reconciling? Are there, is there anything that you've been hurt by? Are you in pain? Possibly because you might have placed all your eggs in one basket on one person. What's going on with you? I don't know what's going on with you. God does, though. And he loves you. He loves you. He doesn't want you to feel like you're not loved. He doesn't want you to feel like you're not worthy of love. He doesn't want you to feel alone. God loves you. In every given moment, God loves you. You can approach him because he loves you. There is nothing to be afraid of. There is nothing to be insecure about because God is your security. Even if you lose everything, you have God. God gives everything. He is the giver of everything. And we have each other on the boundary and on, on the on the on the basis and the foundation of God's blood, God's love and his blood. His love displayed on the blood. Which means, guys, it's not always gonna be easy being at church. It's not always gonna be easy. But these bonds are not so easily broken either. Jesus loves you. Maybe that means that you have to go and tell a brother you love them or tell a sister you love them. Maybe that means that you need to start praying with your family, praying with your siblings, praying with your parents, praying with your children, praying with your spouses. Maybe it means that you need to start celebrating people and encouraging them with your words and honoring them. Maybe it means pressing in to what it means that God loves you. Maybe it means for some of us that are spiritually strong that in this moment where we are dealing with the failings of people who are weak, we might have to suck it up sometimes. But that's okay. That's okay. God still sees you. He honors you. For those of us who are hurting, sometimes that might mean that God is healing you actively, but that you might have to get to a point where you are willing and open to reconcile 
That doesn't have to be next month. That might not have to be next year. So long as it is there at the bottom of your process. We live in that tension. For some of us, it might mean we have to finally take our eyes off of ourselves in church and look around. If that's you, maybe you feel guilty about it. Maybe you feel some level of shame about it. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's gonna be all right. Because God loves you. He's forgiven you fully. That's the gospel that we believe in. That's the gospel that changes lives. Full grace, fully forgiven. Approach the throne of grace today. Let's take this moment to pray. Let's take this moment to pray over our hearts. Whatever is convicting you, whatever is convicting you, if you guys need to know how much God loves you, ask God to show him, show you his love. If some of you guys are hurting, ask God for healing. If some of you guys need to reconcile, ask God for reconciliation. Whatever it might be, ask God for courage. But whatever it might be, just ask, ask and you shall receive. Pray to God. Pray to God right now. Pray. Let's pray. God, From wherever you are listening, we hope you were blessed by this week's message. For more information, check out our website at mbkumc.com.